Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. About 20 years ago, I went to the movies with my friend Brad. And I remember we saw this movie and it was, it was about love and humanity and forgiveness and faith. Unfortunately, it was set to the backdrop of uh, aliens trying to invade Earth. <laughs> but I remember, regardless of that, I still really thought it was an exceptional movie. And afterwards, we came out of the theater and I said, Brad, I asked Brad what he thought of the movie, and he said he didn't like it. And when I asked him why, he said, the aliens didn't seem real to me. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't pass my smell test. The aliens, who appeared only in the last five minutes of the movie, and even then for like 30 seconds of screen time, didn't pass his smell test. So he, he had missed the entire point of the movie because the aliens didn't seem real. So my friend Brad had fallen, he'd made one of the, uh, committed one of the biggest blunders of movie watching. He fell for the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is the thing in the movie that triggers the plot. It's the thing that the main character uh, wants to get. It, it motivates the main character, but in and of itself, it's not really that important. It's the, it's, think of it, it's like the, uh, the sled in Citizen Kane, or the, uh, the bejeweled statuette in The Maltese Falcon, or the Ark in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just the thing that someone's trying to find. So uh, my friend Brad had, had, this movie had been ruined for him because the, the aliens just didn't seem real. He missed out. Now, I, I couldn't give him a hard time because uh, up to that point in my life, there had been plenty of things that uh, didn't really pass my smell test either. I grew up Catholic, and I went to Catholic school, and they were constantly telling me these stories and, and presenting me with these things. Um, even in my own family, there was this story that went around that my dad used to tell. It was about how my father and my mother got together. The story was that my father got in a horrible accident. He went to the hospital, and while he was there, my mom was his nurse. She took care of him, and that's how they got together. Now, that is a great story. I wanted to hear more details about that, but... That wasn't the part that my dad always told me. The part he told me was how the accident happened. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was on his property, and uh, this big earth mover rolled backwards and crushed him. And when he was stuck underneath this earth mover, waiting to die, the Virgin Mary appeared to him. And at that point, he knew two things. First off, he needed to start going back to church. <laughs> Secondly, he needed to change the way he lived his life. Enter my mom, and the rest of my life was changed dramatically. Now, that story to me was always a huge pile of horseshit. <laughs> it, was, it was just like the stories they told me about the Virgin Mary coming and appearing to these kids in Fatima and Magigoria and these uh, statues they'd bring to school that the wounds on the crucifix would 
bleed real blood and the, the statue of Mary that cried tears of blood or olive oil. It just, this, this story of this being that was so much better than I was and um, controlled my fate and, and was made to make me feel small and insignificant. It just didn't seem real to me. It didn't pass my smell test. When my dad passed away, uh, I was there in the room. I was the only person in the room, and I didn't see a soul leave the body. He just stopped breathing. His brain and his, his heart stopped working, and he was dead. And that was real. And that's, that was my real. That's what passed my smell test. For me, what was real was things you could prove, things that uh, I could do. I mean, I controlled my own fate. There was no being making me do things. I had the ultimate power. That was my reality. And when my dad passed away, it came in a very uh, unfortunate time for me personally because I had just graduated from college. I was 23 years old, and I was still very lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I was drifting, and I don't mean that just figuratively, um, at the time, I was sleeping on a friend's couch in his living room. And after my dad's funeral, this friend told me that I had to vacate said couch so that his girlfriend could move in. So I was homeless. I was a drifter. I was drifting. But I was lucky. I had a friend. Her name was Sherry, and she was a former boss of mine. And uh, she said, Warren, my husband Don and I have this really big house, and we're empty nesters. Our daughters have both moved on. You can come and stay with me and my husband as long as you need to. And so I took her up on that offer. And Dawn and Sherry became like a new mother and father to me. I was adopted by them. I was brought in. I used to come home from work, and we would make dinner together, and we would talk, and we would watch television, and we'd talk more. This is things I never did with my real family. And Dawn used to tell me about his dad. His dad was this very famous scientist in the 30s and 40s. And um, his dad invented fax technology, you know, being able to fax. That was a big deal back then. And uh, he was like a code breaker. And he worked for the government um, in the beginning of the intelligence agencies, right? And uh, it was known in Don's family that a lot of the things his dad did, he couldn't talk about. So Don didn't know a lot of the things his dad did, but he knew he was very important. Well, one day, we were having a barbecue in, in Don and Sherry's backyard, and Don started telling me the story about um, how he used to go camping all the time with his family in Death Valley. And uh, he remembered this one time, he was out there camping, and uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this military helicopter came and landed. And uh, they grabbed his dad, and his dad got on the helicopter and flew away. <laughs> the next day, the helicopter comes back, Dan, Don's dad gets out, the family, uh, you know, grabs all the camping stuff. They put it into the, the station wagon. I, I never found out if it was red or burgundy, but uh, it's one of those colors. And uh, Don's dad gets in. He, he, he go, leans over to start the car. And then he leans back to all the kids in the back, and he says, Now, you guys know I can't tell you what just happened. But I will tell you this. And now believe there's alien life in the universe. He turned around and started the car up, 
and nobody in the family ever talked about it again. <laughs> now, when Don told me that story, I believed. Right there, I believed that there was alien life. It passed my smell test. I mean, he didn't tell it with any agenda. He wasn't trying to sell me on this story. He was just sharing knowledge. And I hadn't really had to made it my mind up before. I mean, I knew about aliens. I heard, you know, this and that. But that story, it put me over the top. And all of a sudden, I believed. I couldn't prove it. I couldn't prove there were aliens. But this story, I mean, it almost, it almost sounded scientific. You know, I mean, his, his dad was a scientist. And, you know, I believed it happened. And there you go. That's all I needed. And so I became a, a believer in aliens. But I will tell you this. From that day on, every day of my life has been better than the last. Because two things happened. As soon as I believed in aliens, I realized how insignificant I was. I had spent my whole life trying to do these things and accomplish these things and impress people and, you know, really try and conquer the world. But once I realized that there were so many other worlds out there, Conquering this world just didn't seem like that big of a deal. <laughs> I thought, man, that's a lot of work. I, I just don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, all, it all seemed kind of pointless. And I felt really small. There's this whole universe out there. Who knows what's out there? And I'm just this one little person on this little rock. And the second thing it did was it started making me really want to live for myself. Once I, I lost uh, this drive to impress other people, which is how I had really fueled my entire life up to that point, I thought, well, geez, if I'm not going to impress other people, what's the point? Well, the, I guess maybe I should start living for myself. I mean, to me, my life is really important. Maybe not to everybody else or the aliens, but to me, everything I do is important. And so... I kind of started to learn to do things for myself. I had this faith in the aliens. <laughs> and that guided me to this sort of self-improvement, this self-love. And now I know that the Virgin Mary or God or Allah or Buddha or the aliens, they're all the same thing. They're the MacGuffin. Now, I'm a believer, and I'm not out trying to find the truth. You know, I just, I just accept that aliens are real. And I'm not trying to convert any of you here. But I do want to add this little part into the story. Five or six years after Don told me the story about his dad, um, Sherry passed away, and I went back for the funeral. And at the reception afterwards, I went up to Don and I, I gave my condolences and I started talking to him. About two or three minutes into our conversation, he stopped me and said, I think you think you're talking to Don. I'm Don's twin brother, Joe. I had no idea Don had a twin brother. Which is strange because I felt like he was a father to me. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I thought you were Don. And he's like, don't worry, it happens all the time. And I said, I said God, you know, your, your, your brother's amazing. He, he's, he's, uh, he really helped me out when I, I needed a lot of help. 
and he's a great storyteller. I said, you know, he, there's this story he told me that I just cannot let go of. You know, he told me about you guys used to go camping in Death Valley all the time. And this one time, and Joe stopped me, he said, stop. He goes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Roswell. <laughs> Fucking Roswell. <laughs> Thank you. 